0: Awesome. I don't know if you just heard that word that Kemi just gave there. We believe it's a word from God. Like God will shake things up, so what is left is him. What is left is him. And so as we start this series this morning about being peacemakers, that's a good word, isn't it? That where there's conflict, where there's struggle, where there's stuff going on, that God one day will renew everything. And that he's always this. Like, did you know? Like, God is on a mission to bring restoration to you, to me, to every person and thing in this world. That he's on a mission to restore the peace that he originally created before we messed it up with all our conflict, and our lying, and our judgmentalism, and our lashing out at each other, and our revenge. And all the stuff that we do to each other as human beings and how we mess up this world and how things get um, into a state that God never intended. But God is a peacemaker. You'll know that already. Like If you're a follower of Jesus, right, you know some of the peace that he's already put in your hearts. He's, you've already had a taste of that restoration power in your life, right? And, uh, and so today we're going to be looking at God as the peacemaker. God has always been in the business of making peace. All through history, God has been making peace. Like when there's a moment in history where Jesus gave what is probably the most incredible speech that's ever been made. You can look it up if you like in Matthew 5. Um, He announces how God's kingdom works and how transformation happens and how peace comes. And what he says, there's a a verse in verse 9, he says this. Blessed are the peacemakers because they'll be called children of God. Of God, right? And so what Jesus is saying is, he's saying to you and to me, like, as you're welcomed into God's family and as we become his children, we're also invited into his great mission to restore peace, to be peacemakers ourselves and to build peace and build peace and build peace in the trajectory that God is on to restore peace to how things were meant to be. What a great mission to be on, eh? And so we're looking over the next four weeks at this subject of what it means to be a peacemaker. We're going to look at it, we're going to look at um, peacemaking being the holistic restoration of relationships. And that peacemaking is moving towards conflict with the tools to heal and to restore. And so we've got four weeks over August, we're going to be looking today about how to see. Next week we're going to be looking at immerse, the week after, contend, the week after that, restore. Okay, so today's about seeing. How do peacemakers see? Because seeing is like the first practice of peacemaking. It's the first rung on the ladder. It's the first thing that has to happen in order for us to join in as God's peacemakers. And so um, let's have a look at some stuff. I don't know, have you, anyone ever know what it's like to be on autopilot? You know that you know that moment, like where you arrive somewhere and you think, Hang, "How did I get here?" You've just walked down the road, or maybe you're driving your car, and you 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 realise that like, you haven't really noticed anything that's happened in the last five minutes, but like you know you were the one driving, right? <laughs> so what so what happened there? It's not just me, is it? So um, so when I was driving home a little while ago, and I, I drove into Hitchin, I drove into our flats. Um, I drove around the back, I parked in our car parking space, I put my car in there, I got out of the car, I shut the door, I locked the car, I walked round to the doorway at the bottom of the flats, I pressed the buzzer to get in, I went up the three flights of stairs up to the front door, I got my front door key out of my pocket, I put it in the the lock, and it was only at that moment, right, I realised I hadn't lived there for five years. (laughs) I know, right? I know. Shocker. And so like, I'm going, I'm going hot and cold. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get arrested now. <laughs> like, this is, this is breaking and entering or some sort of weird stalker thing. And you're probably thinking, like, you idiot. Like, how could you do that? How could you miss it? How could you not notice? Like, where was your brain at that moment? And my brain was not connected to my eyes. What, like, what was going on? But the truth is, like, we all do this sort of thing all the time. We all miss the things right in front of our eyes. And as people... Um, we miss other people, particularly, don't we? We we let we we have this superficial view, this superficial seeing of people, where we don't see the real person. Like we see them, but we don't see them. Does that make sense? And so um, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and what it means to see people like God sees them, and how, as we do that, we can bring peace to our world. So Jesus tells this story. Okay, he he tells lots of stories, Jesus, in answer to questions. And this is one of them. This is the story of the Good Samaritan. And he tells this story, and it's a story about violence and conflict and racism and mercy and uh, compassion and all those things. It's also a story about seeing. So let's have a look, shall we? Let's turn. If you've got a Bible, you might want to turn with me. Let's have a look at Luke 10. And this is uh, verse 25 onwards. It says this. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happening to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. All right, we're going to pause there because some stuff has just gone down, right? There's this guy, he's, he's been walking, he's been attacked, he's been robbed, he's been beaten, he's been left half dead. And then two other men have walked straight on past. What is going on? It says that the men saw him and passed by on the other side. So what Jesus is saying is like the men saw him but they didn't see him. They didn't see him as a human being. They didn't see him as a person. They didn't see him with any dignity. Instead, they were caught up somewhere else. They kind of failed at the first hurdle of peacemaking, like they got a big fat zero on their peacemaking exam right there. And so we like to read that and look at that and think, well, I would never do that. That's not me. I, I, I wouldn't be like that. But the point is this, right? Jesus has done something quite profound here. Because the man who's asked him the question, um, he's put into the story two characters who are very similar to the man's answer to the question. And so he's saying to that man, can you see yourself here? Like, could this be you? Would you behave like this? What is in you that would make you do that? And so to us, right today, 2,000 years later, knowing all that, he's asking us the same question. He's, He's pointing at the priest and the Levites. The Levite's like another type of holy person. And he's saying could this be you? Like, what is the stuff of our lives and the stuff in our seeing that stops us seeing people? What is it that's in front of our eyes that we might end up like that? JB, come help me. Yeah. And so, and so maybe, um, like these two guys, maybe we have some of these. These shades. Put those on, JB, While i find my spot. <laughs> How's he look? <laughs> All right. So these are the autopilot shades, okay? The autopilot shades come on when our head is disconnected from what our eyes are seeing. That's like me driving my car into the flats I lived in for. But we go around like this, don't we? We go around in our dream world or in our different place. If you're anything like me, you put on the autopilot shades, and then, and then sometimes there's this. Right, this is the busyness blur. Okay? I've got some Vaseline here. Okay. And so if we live life at such a speed that we don't see things that we don't have time to stop, then what happens is we add some busyness blur. Like in all our super fast living and our no time and our schedules. We add the busyness blur and then and then next, maybe there's this. This is the self interest mirror. Alright? So hold this up there, JB. And so we're going around life like this too, aren't we, sometimes? Like we think that everything that we see, everything right in front of our eyes, is about us. And so we're walking around like this and we can't see past it. And then maybe there's the conditioning mud. All right, This is straight from my garden this morning. Okay? This conditioning mud. So I'm just going to add some of this on there too. Okay. There we go. And this conditioning mud, this is the stuff that we've grown up with. This is the way that we've experienced life already. This is like, we all have baggage, right? We all grew up in an environment. We've all read things, seen things, heard stories. We've all got prejudices, and biases, and all that stuff. And it, as, we, as we take that stuff in over our lives, it starts to smear like mud over our eyes, and we stop to see clearly. And then there's the, this next one. Do you know what this is? <laughs> this is the media marmite, all right? Do you know what media marmite is? Because we, it's things we love and things we hate, right? And you know how our modern world and modern media works—so many TV channels to choose from, YouTube and Facebook algorithms which pass back to us stuff that we've already agreed that we like, already agreed that we hate. It reinforces our prejudices. Like it, it stops us thinking afresh. It clouds our judgment again. Tells us exactly—you know—you were right all along. Okay, JB. So we, uh, so there we go. There's some media marmite. It's more of this stuff, right? You see, any of this you can see in yourself? This is, um, these are plasters. These are the pain plasters. That one's broken, hang on. There we go. Okay, and so the pain blasters what happens is, as we go through life and we reach out to people, and we form relationships, and we make connections with people, and we see people struggling, and whatever. Sometimes we get burnt, don't we? We get hurt, like we get our arm chopped off just as we've reached out to somebody, and so we protect ourselves, and like we put these plasters over our eyes, and we stop seeing people the same way. We we're conditioned by what has happened as we've reached out before, and then we have this one, right? This is the. What's this one? What is this? This is the comfort cream, okay? Do you know what the comfort cream's for? It's for those times where you just start to glimpse someone as a real person, and you see their, their their stuff that they're involved in. You see how they're hurting. You see how they're broken. You see how they might be lying on the side of the road, beaten up. And you start to realize if I get involved with this person, then this is going to cost me. It's going to cost me my time, it's going to cost me my energy. And, you, and, and so you start to think, you said, oh gosh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that. And so instead, we, we, like we get some comfort cream, and we, and we turn away, and instead we, we just go back to our comfort. And as we go back to our comfort, we kind of smear some of this comfort cream, sorry about that, JB, <laughs> on our eyes. And then, and then finally, if that's not enough, then maybe we have like, the judgmental blindfold. You know, when we, when we think that we're better than someone else or we have overly religious views or like we're really self-righteous about stuff and we've got all this stuff already. You keep holding that up. There you go. <laughs> and then you put the the judgmental blindfold on. And we're carrying all this stuff around and we're sticking all this stuff over us and, we, and what Jesus is asking here in this parable is how much of this is you? We might recognize it in the priest and the Levite, but how much of this is us? Like we would, We'd be like that, wouldn't we, if we weren't careful? And so we need to pray and we need to seek God and we need to say, God, heal my sight. Like, help me to see as you see. Like Help me to take this stuff off. Help me to recognize it in myself. Heal me. Heal, heal the way I see. Heal the way I see people. God wants us to see like in 3D. What's just to have, like, really great vision around the people around in our lives so that we can be peacemakers in the world? And so we need to do that. All right, you're done. Thank you, JB. Awesome job. <laughs> oh, he doesn't want to keep them. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And so we need to start to see in 3D. Because if we go around like this, we just like it's not a surprise, is it, that our relationships are broken and that there's conflict and that we're arguing with people and we have lifelong bitterness in our lives and all those sort of things. And so we need to pray, God, reveal my sight. Help me to see in 3D. And then the story continues, doesn't it? Let's carry on in the story. Where are we at? Verse. Verse 33. Luke 10, verse 33. And it goes like this but a Samaritan. As he travelled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him, went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after them, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Go and do likewise. So when Jesus is saying go and do, lo- lo- go and do likewise, he's pointing out the, the difference here. Like when he saw him, he took pity on him. Like the Samaritan sees with different eyes, doesn't he, than the priest or the Levite. He sees, and he really sees. Because God wants us to see people in 3D. He wants us to see people... In their humanity, like in their brokenness, in their messed- upness, recognizing that we are the same too, recognizing that nobody's perfect, and that we all need saving. Let's have a look at some scripture. Can we get the Romans one up? then I can Here we go. What a wretched man I am, who will, rec- who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Romans seven like we all need rescuing don 't we? and the more we recognize that in ourselves and we see that in other people that's we're starting to see in the first dimension, and then the second dimension of the 3D seeing is to recognize that everybody has dignity, like no one is below us we 're all the same, really, and we all have dignity, God has given us dignity. Um, Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Everyone has value. Everyone is included. Nobody is walked past when they're beaten on the road. And then there's the third dimension, like in everybody there is the image of God. It says in Genesis, it says this, Then God said, Let us make mankind, mankind in our image. In our likeness, so God has put Himself into every human being, like we have a fingerprint on everyone of God's character. Everyone is able to love. Everyone is able to show compassion. Everyone's able to be creative. Everyone's able to give of themselves. And so we need to start to see in 3D, like the Samaritan was seeing in 3D. And so to be peacemakers in the world, we've got to do those two things. We've got to ask God, okay, where's my sight at? So maybe we want to ask that ourselves this morning, where's my sight at? What is the stuff that's in front of my eyes? And God, help me to see, help me to see people the way you see them. And as I recognise some of this in myself, I I recognise myself in my humanity, I I recognise too that You've made me with dignity, and I recognize that you've made me with your fingerprints on me. We start to see that in other people. And so let me share some quick tips for doing this. So firstly, you need to thank God that we are seen and loved by him. Like, Thank you, God, that you see me and that you love me. We need to acknowledge the pain we've caused others. We need to repent of self-preference and the idol of me we need to become students of others. We want to find out what makes people come alive. What are people's hopes? What are their dreams? When we meet people, let's have those sorts of conversations. We need to put screens away. Slow down. Pay attention. That's a big one, isn't it? And we need to look for relationships. Like what can we do in our everyday, in our everyday moments, in our lunch breaks, and our dinner times, and our travelling time, and our... Moments in in the gym or whatever we do. Let's look for relationships. Moments where we can get to know people. Really know them. And then we can join in with God in his peeps making. We can change from people who walk past blind to people who walk past see, stop, bring peace. Wherever we go. Amen?